0: Heathlings and Tabaxi, High Elves and Halflings, Barbarians and bards. Welcome back to Raw School. Open up your player's handbook as we take another deep dive into the magical and mystical world of Dungeons & Dragons. Class is now in session.
1: Some guests joining us today. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry, I, I seem to have something wrong. <clears throat> Get out of <clears> here, <throat> <care, throat> Okay, sorry, a lot of playing B&D recently. <laughs> um, uh, well, pupils, welcome back to Raw School. Uh, today, Anna and I are joined by the incomparable, the wonderful Steve, and his lovely daughter Elena. Welcome Woo! to the show, guys. Hello. Hello. So, Steve, you joined us for an episode of Raw Order previously. Um, You'll remember him from Steve Week. Steve that's week, right. Yeah, that's cool. we, had that's two two seasons, <laughs> we had two steves that week. Um, so this is this is American Steve, not Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, I we wanted to have you guys on, so um, so maybe we'll uh, we'll say today we're going to talk about role playing, um, and uh, I specifically wanted to have you guys on because Steve is in my ger one campaign and does a fabulous job role-playing Torex the barbarian mm-hmm. and one session uh, maybe like 10 sessions in not even I sort of worked with Elena on on having her come and like pretend to observe us and then actually like jump in as a PC without Steve knowing and mm-hmm. um, And it was so much fun, but I will say that, Elena, I was like blown away by how easily and seamlessly you transitioned from you to this tiefling rogue character. Really? I didn't think it was that cool. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Okay, you are totally just like being modest. She came in and had like an unclockable British accent. And like, you, you did. You really did. And, um, so we wanted to bring you guys on to just sort of have a discussion about role playing. And
0: Steve, you are a DM for a campaign that Elena's in, right?
2: Well, uh, I used to be. She, she plays in a campaign, um, that our best friend and her, her best friend's brother actually DMs it. Uh, I have DMs with, for my kids, uh, in the past before.
1: It doesn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of brothers and sisters i imagine uh right? yeah a lot of
2: yeah there's a lot of that i need like a, another adult playing just to help referee them <laughs> usually elena what kind of characters have you played
3: um i have i think the first ever D campaign that i played i played a halfling rogue i don't remember it too well but the last two characters that I've played recently have both been half-elf bards, one of which was an adult, and the current one that I am playing is 12 years old.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh wow. A 12-year-old bard. I love that. And so, so what level, Elena, are you guys in, in in the campaign that you're playing with your friends?
3: Uh, we haven't played in a few weeks due to awful scheduling. But well, I yeah, think that's all D- Yeah, <laughs> I think we are all like level three or four. So early on, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: that's when things start to get fun when you start to get abilities yeah. and stuff. When well,
3: yeah. you're just a little
0: bit sturdier. Yeah, when sturdier. yeah you're level one and two character. <laughs> 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 don't go down quite as fast. But exactly. okay. Um, so since we have our pupils with us, why don't why don't we hear a little bit about how you guys get into character?
1: When you were about to play a session of D anD D, yeah. So Steve, when you're about to play Torax, what do you what do you do?
2: Um, I feel silly admitting this. There's been I gotta admit, there's been a few times. I guess I don't do it quite as much anymore, but I know in the earlier days, um, you know, my character Torax is he's a barbarian. He's a seven foot tall, very beefy uh, bugbear character. He's uh, um very rude he's uh, very serious um he doesn't his personality wise he doesn't really adapt too well to like societal norms um he'll be rude if he doesn't even think he's being rude you know he just he just doesn't know his way around society uh very well and he's a, he's a tough guy uh so anyway i got to admit there's been a few times we're on the way to your house where i'm kind of like rehearsing or kind of figuring out the voice myself, so I'm like talking in the car on the way, trying to I trying to it. nail it. Um, I've never admitted <laughs> that to anyone before. Um, and now you're admitting it to the world. And,
1: awesome. and I'm you're constantly like trying to... Viewers. Yeah, <laughs> right. and
2: I'm, I'm constantly trying to process, you know, I guess it, before a game, if this could happen, I, I try and play out scenarios, like if this could happen, how would he react? I just, I'm always trying to come up with those. Um, sometimes I... I overthink it uh, a little too much, um, but I guess that's kind of how I I get into it. I just try and think of things that could happen and how he would react to it, um, his tone of voice, his behavior, um, for better or for worse.
1: Yeah, and maybe and maybe it's a good idea. Let's take a step back. So maybe we should go around and just say, like, what what does role playing really mean to each of us, right? So. You know, we're doing this raw school thing for new players, and we've gone through like the character creation process, how to find a game, whatever. And now we're we're at the part where we're talking about the the, the meat of what you do when you play D anD. d So we're starting with role playing. So maybe you two can just sort of say like, uh, or maybe Anna, even just start with you. Like, like what what goes through your minds when you hear role playing in the context of D anD. d What does it mean to you? Um.
0: Well, when I first started playing D&D, I didn't think there would be as much opportunity to have, like, acting as there actually is. Um, and it's, I, it's my favorite part, so I, I'm excited that we're talking about it today and that we get to introduce new players to this magical game. But role-playing is, like, the character that you build is the one that you pretend to be when you're at the table, right? Like, so their personality, their quirks, the choices that they would make, knowing what you know about their background and the their alignments and things like that. And then as you as you play for longer, you actually get to develop this character. So role playing means how how are they interacting with their other players? How are they interacting with NPCs? What kind of mannerisms are they going to have? What kind of choices are they going to make? All of that goes into uh, my contemplations about role playing in D anD. d How about you
2: guys? Um, that that's right. Some of the things will develop or change even as time goes along. Like you know, there's some things with with Torex that has changed. Uh, you know, originally one of the other party members, Razika, he uh, you know, thought she was very pathetic, always called her the demon woman, blue demon, you know, and then
1: you know, he just <laughs> didn't really have an air genasi, so just blue, like light blue skin and you would just call her right. blue, blue
2: witch
1: demon woman.
2: Right. He, he really didn't have a lot of respect for her because, you know, a lot of his respect comes down to your combat abilities, your combat prowess. And uh, you know, it wasn't until, you know, several battles in where he's like, Well now he's seeing that just because she she might not have the hand to hand capabilities that he has, that she is still a very uh, worthy ally to have uh, in the fight. So uh, I'd say that's something with him that's developed. Um, you know, another thing that's developed with him is he got knocked out in a battle a um, long time ago. It was a, the Wyvern battle, I think, and he kind of he kind of took that pretty hard. He felt like. Um, I don't know if I got a lot of opportunities to express this just because of how things went along, but he, uh, and I, I don't doubt it will come back to him because it just happened, uh, again, uh, he feels like a failure, you know, he feels like he has to be, he feels like he's the strongest member of the party, uh, anyway, but for him to, to go down and battle is just, uh, it's very disheartening, very detrimental to him personally. And we may see where that, we may see where that goes.
0: Funny how that happens with characters you play for a while. How you, like, you literally internalize things that happen in game that you never even express to anybody at the table. But you're like, this is what my character is, like, going through. And you don't even, like, tell anybody. And it makes me laugh to think, like, I just imagined this person. And now I'm imagining emotional turmoil for this
1: person. <laughs> right. So, Elena, what about you? When you think of, like, role-playing Uh, Like, what does that really mean to you? How does that sort of manifest when you're playing the game?
3: Um, Well, first of all, I really like role-playing. It's probably one of my favorite aspects of the game, even more so than combat. Um, Because, you know, combat is... For for me personally, if it's not like a really heated or super plot-driven battle, it seems a little boring to me because it's just rolling dice, deciding what you want to do off of your character sheet and then waiting your turn until it comes back right mm-hmm. But role playing to me it's just it's so much more fluid and it's organic and I one of my favorite things to do with my characters is to be really spontaneous, which is you know me kind of inserting myself a little bit <laughs> but um, and especially well, a bit cool, with, yeah. our yeah. Yeah, um, with playing a character who's literally a child, especially being a half-elf, probably even younger than, like, human development at this point. It was a challenge, like, a little bit of a challenge outside of my comfort zone that I really wanted to do because I think playing a kid in, like, a serious quote-unquote D&D world where I'm, I'm an adventurer and I'm going around and I'm, like, there's murder and monsters, <laughs> but I'm also 12.
0: And you're a
1: bard of a lot of layers for Yeah, a a <laughs> yeah. <murder>. Joe and <laughs> Joe and Anne
2: are very experienced bards themselves.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they both in real life. And- yes, mm-hmm.
2: I was I was referring to the game. because
1: yeah. you guys have played bards
2: before or are currently okay. playing bards. So. Joe,
1: have you played a bard before? I have. My first character a bard. Yeah, so maybe I want to pick up on something that you said, Elena that you felt, you know, like some of yourself sort of coming through your character. I think that that happens to all D&D players. Um, And maybe that's something that, you know, we're talking a lot about these concepts and our listeners, like they've never, maybe never done this before, but what is that, that like for you guys? I, I, I know that one thing I've said once before, even on this show, is that I feel like all of my characters are just sort of very accentuated versions of different aspects of my own personality that's exactly what i do yeah right (laughs) so like so maybe like i don't know let's expand let's explore that right like like how what is that like playing that in the game because to to one extent right it's all fantasy it's all fake but to the other extent it's like it's you showing a very deep part of your own personality to a group of friends or potentially people you don't even really know that right
3: it's it's an experience definitely um i don't know i would say that my personality as a whole, as a real person is very varied and dimensional so there's a lot of different like i i just like cherry pick certain aspects of myself that i feel like would fit this character so it's not quite me but i'm familiar with it enough that i can like make it into a caricature and really put a lot of passion into it. Like, my character being a kid, well, obviously, I was that age, like, three years ago, but, like... (laughs) a real stretch of the imagination. Yeah, really. Um, But, you know, my character, I wrote her backstory definitely not based off of what my real-life experiences were, so I have to, like, think about that differently, and I have to think about how... Yeah, she's a kid, but, and, you know, I was that age too, but we're not the same person. I am separate from my character, but I can still put elements of myself in it. And I think it's it's a lot of, it involves, like, just being silly and messing around, but also, like, some self-reflection and, like, really deep emotional thinking.
0: Absolutely. That was really, really well put. That was really well put.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you. I-
0: I I feel like there's a reason that I'm always drawn towards charisma-based characters, (laughs) right? Like, there's a reason for that. And I think that Elena described it perfectly. It's like, I'll pick an aspect of myself to pump into a character, and then I feel like for the rest of that character, my characters all have flaws, obviously, because you can't build a a well-defined character without them having flaws. And sometimes those flaws are their own, and sometimes those flaws are mine, but... But, like, the main, like, virtue that they have, like, their biggest defining characteristic is typically something that I see in myself and would like to expand, right? So, like, for for Iso, like, she's really loyal. And I I like that I have loyalty in myself. And I imagine, like, what would it be if I, like, really just pumped a bunch of loyalty into a character? And then that was her, like, defining characteristic that, yes, she's charismatic. Yes, she can be brave. But... Loyalty above all. What would that look like? Like my bard, he's really just like he's like a performer, right? And like there's absolutely a part of me that was like, was do I really want to be a lawyer or do I want to be a Broadway star? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna live out my fantasy here. My there's something. only
1: there's <laughs> only one answer to
0: that Those question, are, and there's <laughs> only two options uh, for you, right? Like lawyer or Broadway star. That's it. That's the two ways your life can go. Um, but yeah, I feel like all of my characters just have definitely a part of me in them. And then you
1: build from that.
2: I would say my character, Torex, is, is mostly, uh, you know, just like you touched upon, um, he's mostly not like me at all. I, I guess, I, I, I'm trying to think, I can't even think of anything where he is. He's, you know, he's seven foot, he's tall, extremely hairy, extremely strong, intimidating, not nice. And uh, I am a nice guy. so he's so i i guess Mm -hmm. it's some in some ways it's it's a little more challenging to do that because i'm like all right i have to definitely separate myself from him and be him and i mean there's going to be some similarities from time to time sure but and at least for this particular character i have i need him to not be like me at all sometimes for better sometimes for worse um well it was interesting because
1: when When we were doing character creation for Gaider, and you know, Steve, you had expressed interest, and then I invited you to play. And um, when you said you were going to be a barbarian, uh, like a bugbear barbarian, I was a little bit like, okay, like I guess we'll. I was worried about you falling into sort of just like a trope type character because I think that like playing a big bulky creature who's a barbarian tends to go in a really one note direction right but but then like when you started role-playing you Torex had all this like humor and dimension to him and was not like like yeah you had those moments where like clearly he he became like emotional which for him manifested a lot in like anger but he also had like a lot of like, I'm just thinking, the last time you were here, we talked about, like, the, the cloak sort of billowing in the wind and how, like, confident he felt and, and stuff. Like, and he's able to, like, joke around and, like, have fun with the other characters and interact with the environment in you know? a Like, he has this unique sense of, like, um, when he's perceiving the world and has questions about things, um, I just think he do such a good job of making that unique, right? It's not, like, just this, like, i'm a barbarian it's like it's much more
2: it's much deeper right right he's you know he's got common sense he he's got you know combat strategy um you know he talks like any anybody else would um but you know his i would say his his weaknesses again go back to little society exposure and in terms of behave, you know, what's acceptable behavior, and what isn't politically correct, non-politically correct. Like he doesn't know anything about that, but he's, you know, he's not a blockhead. He's, uh, you know, he's, I'd say he's, uh, intelligence wise, he's average. It's just like, you know, his experiences in the normal world are limited. And that's, um, that's what he has to learn and adjust around. And that's what his party members need to keep an eye on, uh, as well to make sure he doesn't get him into trouble.
3: I really like listening to you while you're doing your D&D sessions because if you didn't know, my bedroom shares a wall with my dad's office. I'm just on the other side of the wall and there's a vent that connects our two rooms. So sometimes at like 9 a.m., on we on the weekend, I'll just you know hear my dad like yelling in a very gruff voice <laughs> throughout his office door, and I've, I've like even like I don't I don't really remember, but I've picked up like snippets of your guys like campaign progress, and I think it's really funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, and certainly, and Torx has been a big contributor to the humor, absolutely. But um, I, I don't know. I I think that well, I guess okay. When comes to, to role playing, I think a lot of us probably, um, you know, we write our backstories and then our characters obviously are very heavily influenced by that. Um, to what extent do you write, do you do you all, or did you think about those backstories with your characters and say, okay, I have a particular character that I want to play in a particular way, therefore I'm going to write the backstory to fit that? Or was it more like, here's the character's life? that I think of in my head, how do those events affect, like how would they manifest as a person and here's what that person like sounds like and acts like and thinks like.
0: Well, for me, it's it's both, right? Okay, so first thing I do is kind of pick how, how I want to play it. Like what kind of accents are they going to have? What are they going to be their Like defining uh, personality characteristics. With that, I put together a backstory with what I have imagined for this character. But moving forward, in actual play, the decisions that they make and the reactions that they have are largely driven by how I think they'll react based on what I've written for their backstory. So it's a combination of both. What about you guys?
2: Um, It was, I would say it was difficult because I've never really thought about it that much. And I felt like from the beginning, when Joe was asking me if I could provide all the stuff, he had... such high expectations and high standards. Um, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Uh, so I thought, uh, I'll, you know, I'll. I'll and it, it took me a while. to. Put, I kind of had some bullet points and some things, and then I just kind of flesh it out a little more. And it's really just, uh, you know, I say it's kind of just like a basic template, and there's still things I want to f- flesh out a little more as time goes on. Or if Joe asks me if he has a certain hooks or things that he wants to incorporate, or if he wants to know more, um, then I'll share that with him, or, you know, just opportunities in the game come up, um, Yeah. How about you, Elena?
3: Um, For me, when I create a character, one of the first things that I think about is, like, the general vibe and role that they would bring to the party. I also think about their appearance. That's I don't know. Maybe it's because no. I've like spent most of my life being artsy and drawing a lot. But a character's appearance um, definitely, for me, is uh, shapes their character and also is shaped by their character. So when I was my twelve uh, year old half elf bard, her name is Elo, and when I first thought of her. Her design was immediately the first thing in my mind. I hadn't fleshed out a personality or anything for her yet, but it was her design. And uh, as I was thinking about that and like drawing out little sketches of her, whether on paper or in my head, I was like, okay, what can, what parts of her features, um, like like her clothes or something that like, why does she do this? Why does she look like this? Why does she act like this? and I would sort of make a backstory off of that. Also, um, on the character sheets, when it has you choose like a background for a character sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, I think mine was like the haunted one or something, you know, like there's Mm. something in your backstory that you just need to get over, right? And after figuring ELO out mostly, it was like that, haunting moment for her was the one that I figured out last. And honestly, throughout like the whole thing it just tied the whole thing together. It made the most sense for me to do it that way. I guess it's kind of doing it in like backwards. But
1: But that's (laughs) a no wrong answer. Right. Yeah, there's no
0: there's no wrong way to do that, right. This is a very complex twelve year old
3: (laughs) she is a very complex twelve
0: year old. (laughs) She's haunted too. Like Right, exactly. I want to see this campaign play. Like this sounds like a blast.
3: Well, You'd be surprised because she's also often comic relief.
1: It's 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 a thing. As those <laughs> who experience trauma often do have a great sense of humor, so that see, in so many levels it works. <laughs> and did you have any? Um,
0: I, I mean, I guess I, I'm curious as to what your favorite part about role playing.
2: Um, I would say for me, I guess my favorite part is, and I'm, oh, it's, it's, I'll admit it's a struggle for me sometimes to, to role play. And certainly it's, I think it's a little easier for me when we're all in person doing it versus uh, over, over cameras. But um, the favorite part is I think doing it and knowing, especially when you're comfortable with your party and the people at the table, um, you know, you can kind of, act totally different than how they know you in real life and you're not really judged by it like for the most part everyone loves it or they're very entertained by it and everyone and i think that's good because everyone i think kind of feeds off each other a little like if you see someone you know someone else your your party really getting into it getting emotional or really getting into character it kind of makes you want to be like that as well really get into your character and then i think it just you know goes on from there so that's that's a favorite part is you can I get to play make believe. I get to play pretend around other people, and it's you know, it's it can be a little silly, but it's a good silly. You know, it's it's not you don't feel so embarrassed when you do it.
1: Yeah. How about you, Elena? What's your favorite part? Um.
3: Oh my gosh. I don't think I. I don't even know if I have a favorite because I just love (laughs) role playing as a thing. Um, I really like how much freedom there is in it. Like, I can, if I just, I can do whatever I want. I can be as ridiculous or as serious or as emotional as I want all for the reason of role play. And it's, I mean, I am a emotional person in real life. But bringing those emotions and, like, putting them to, like, a purpose, especially, like, theatrical, um... Like, um, for new players, especially when I was, when we were starting our campaign at first, I mean, it's all my friends, right? And, but even then, it was, like, a little bit uncomfortable. I felt a little bit silly sometimes as well. But getting into it is, is definitely the best thing. And I know uh, some of my friends are still, like, not super comfortable role playing yet. They're not doing any special voices or um you know acting out at all. They're just saying words as themselves-ish is their comfort <laughs> level right now. Yeah. But I mean this reminds me one of the more intense role-playing moments in our campaign was after the very first session, and this was very um groundbreaking because I'd never experienced this before, but one of our player characters was perma-killed on the first session and the person playing this character her name is anna she this was her first time playing dungeons and dragons ever and it was like all of us were like so 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 shocked like we were facing and of course guess what even better this character and another character whose name was rose um our DM had given them, because they were standing close to each other, and the boss was about to attack, right? And he was like, okay, one of you, um, one of you just pick who which which one of you wants to take this hit, right? And Anna's character, Salik, was like, I'll, I'll take the hit, I'll take the hit, right? If Rose's character had taken the hit instead, Salik would have never died. <laughs> because Rose has, like, more hit points. <coughs> And it was wow. oh my gosh the drama it was it yeah, was immaculate the
1: drama, right but think about that like, think about how that affects the game later on because and that's something that 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 Rose character can build yeah. into the game it's like oh my god like my my companion wouldn't have died had, had I stepped in and like that's an amazing character I mean like it it, it it just brings out that like yeah your character's going to develop over time mm-hmm. and and the game will affect them right and I think that that's like. That's really yes, and yeah. this
3: was this was also big for the rest of our party as well because um, Like some of our characters, you know, they're all taking this differently. It's like, whoa, we just Started being adventurers so recently and now one of the members of our party is literally dead on the ground What is happening right now? And we hosted like a little funeral. It was cute except not really um, where Salik was buried and um obviously my character being a child just like getting to know this character even if he was a little bit mean to me was like so heartbreaking because i was just an innocent little kid and i have firsthand witnessed death that like especially a preventable death and this was i was okay i can sort of make myself cry on command and you know for a fact i was going to use it so At this funeral, okay, we're all crying. It's raining like it's exactly how it's supposed to. Um, Elo is absolutely heartbroken and she's confused and she doesn't know what to do and she's sobbing and sobbing and she can't even control it because she's just a little kid. She has no hold over these emotions that she has and she falls to the ground. And with her most basic knowledge of magic being a bard, she casts cure wounds over the Grave into the dirt, and the, oh, by the way, I started crying at this point like in real life, my entire party were all emotional people, everybody lost it everyone yeah. was actually crying but, like, the, like, and it was you, my fault the
1: fact that you had that kind of moment so early on in a campaign I and know. It, like, that's amazing like yeah that's awesome that's like,
3: By the way, this this was literally probably one of the peak roleplay moments in our campaign so far. We were playing background music, and when I tell you that there was like a cue right at the point where I said I cast cure wounds, and then there was like dramatic like strings (laughs) instruments in the background, it set everything off. It was a bomb. Everyone was crying. It was great. (laughs)
1: That's awesome. <laughs> on session one that's... Session yeah. right. <laughs> um, that's what about you Joe what's your favorite part I think I have two so one is is I, I think you all kind of touched on it it's just like the, the aspect of letting go like like doing things as my character that I Joe would never do in a million years whether it's like something just really outlandish or like something being such a jerk and um and it was like watching the players confront but like as their characters confront each other knowing full well that like this is not how these people behave as human beings in real mm, life right was just like so much fun to watch happen. Um and you could tell that people were actually getting like uncomfortable another like, business this
2: is great. Right and in that moment you know Torax was just ready to was just like waiting for someone to say Give him the signal to snap his neck you know he was just fed up with him, <laughs> and you know that's that's how that's how torax reacts to things you know he just he just goes you know 100 uh full aggression um especially given you know the events that led up to there and you know fadir's particular historical behavior and stuff and he was just fed up with it and you know then you, you have other people that are more restrained and Try and figure out what's going on first. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's always a lot of fun. It's always you know trying to. I guess I it's I don't want to say it's like a compa- competition at the table, but it's like when you see other people like come up here in the role playing, you're like, okay, if they can do, I want to come up here too. I want to be there because because they obviously set this tone and set this mood, and I want to be I want to be at that same level that they are. Like I don't want to you know just. Be like, yeah man, you know, I, I feel like I got, if they set that mood, then I got to be there too.
3: Oh, I agree. And that's, I feel like since I am one of the slightly more experienced people in my campaign, especially for some of my friends who are shyer and have, like literally never delved into something like this, it's like kind of, I'm one of the people who needs to like really step up role play so that my other shyer friends feel more comfortable getting into their character more and especially having like really silly moments you know where we're like all in a cave full of ogres and we're all arguing why one character needs to speak up more because just because your character is a little shy doesn't mean that you have to speak like this so that none of us can hear you and then we're all (laughs) yelling at her in the middle of this cave full of enemies and these two got these two like ogres are just this is in a cafeteria and they're just watching us (laughs) It was really
1: funny. Of course, the ogre cafeteria. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I love it. Well, I think it's a great place to to wrap it up. And I'll just give a note to our listeners. You know, don't let don't let us overwhelm you. I mean, um, we've all been playing D anD D for a while, but you know, I, I, I think if anything, let just just if you if you've learned anything from this conversation. Let yourself go a little bit at the table. Don't be embarrassed. It's mm-hmm. going to feel really weird the first time you roleplay, and even when I start new characters, that's true for me. It's a learning curve. Yeah, yeah but just like, just get into it. And do what you want. You don't have to do a voice, but if you do one, great. You don't have to do X Y Z, but you know, just just let yourself do whatever comes naturally for your character.
2: And it takes it could take a few sessions before you get there, and yeah. especially if you're none of you. Know, most of you don't know each other and you're just trying to get a feel for, for everybody, uh, you, you could take a few sessions before you get there and you realize where your comfort zone is. Absolutely.
3: Comfort is, yep. it's so, it's so, I, I'm sorry. Don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but, no, you're, um, the moment where any person starts really getting into role play is like a key unlocking for the entire party. So you can be that person, it is so important for someone to be that person, and if it's gonna be you, and you want to be that person, then do it because it's so
1: <laughs> worth it. You're talking.
2: You're looking at one person. Jo,
1: it's Joe. You believe.
2: Joe. Well,
1: thank you to Steve and Elena for joining wow. us on
0: our episode. Yeah. Thank you very much for
2: having us. Of course. All right. Cool. See you
0: next time. You. Yeah. Bye. Bye.